Coming up on Telling the Odds, we give you our thoughts and impressions on the LEGO Star Wars Holiday Special. As well as that, we're going to be reviewing Chapter 12 of Mandalorian, The Siege. What time is it, 3PO? It's time for Telling the Odds. Hello everyone, welcome back to Telling the Odds. It is, I believe, what's the date today? It is the 22nd of November. Uh, I hope you guys are all doing uh, very well. And we have just gotten back into some face-to-face. -face. Yes, um, we are very excited to come back to you in person again. Well, we're still over the internet for you guys. However, Jack and I are recording in person again because... Uh, Melbourne is a lot better COVID-wise, so uh, that's exactly. We're, we're, uh, COVID's decided to take at this point what is uh, a three-week hiatus from COVID, which we're very fortunate for. Obviously, our thoughts are with the people who still are in lockdown or yes, aren't as fortunate. It's but very um, fortunate out there. But um, hopefully, we'll be able to distract the world with some Star Wars. So, uh, how about we get straight into some Star Wars? Straight into some Star Wars. Again, not a lot of news, just something that we're going to uh, touch upon, and then something we're actually going to properly discuss. Yes. Uh, first of all, being the Lego. Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes, very um, nice. That dropped on November 17th, also colloquially known to many of us as Life Day. Life Day. Um, the Wookiee Life Day. I Which mean, I, we did celebrate by... Uh, I, you sent me a funny meme. Life I Day. did. No, it was on our Facebook page. It was just... Um, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah Baby yeah. Yoda, you know, apparently not, not looking so happy that it was Life Day, but I think I said something about, um, you know, enjoy... Enjoy a, a lack of Wookiee subtitles today. and it's very um, good. And uh, poorly executed... Did you make that meme yourself? No, I didn't. Found it. I just found it. Uh, it poorly executed comedy to say the least. Mm. Um, but uh, well, we'll find out when we uh, if you if you plan on watching our live or not live our recorded reactions to the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. Which yes, uh, I think we mentioned it last week, but that will be coming on uh, throughout the week. I believe on the on the Wednesday mm. we'll get that to you. Um, and but in other if we can survive it, that is. That's true. That's true. It might kill us, but mm. you know who knows. Well, on to the Lego one. What happened in the Lego one? Well, in the Lego one, Michael. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, in the Lego one, we had a lot of time travelling, yes. which you've only really gotten in Rebels, yeah. but this is, this is very different to the world between worlds yeah, that we got in Rebels. I mean, I, look, the way I thought about it, it kind of seemed like that's what they were going for, but they just kind of wanted to do whatever they wanted with it, so which was perfectly fine, because I think, as we've stated before, or what you might have said, um, the way that, like, the way that canon kind of works with the Lego, like, video games, movies, whatnot, is they're kind of seen as canon-adjacent. Where the um, events that take place in the stories are pretty much seen to be like they happened. However, they embellish the details a bit. So comedy events might happen, like the characters might be a bit zany, or bizarre things might occur, such as three Obi Wan Kenobi's saying hello there all at once. Just but, casually, uh, the best part of the special. Yes, was that, that was so good, and I'm sure we'll be able to get into all the memes. However, something I wanted to address. This is kind of acts like a soft sequel to Rise of Skywalker. This holiday special is absolutely episode ten mm. because. Ray is training Finn. She's using her yellow lightsaber. For sure. And just, I mean, everything. Rose is there. Poe is there. Everything. I, I didn't mean, work out it was Rose until I had to, like, hear, heard the voice and, like, wait, is that Kelly Marie Tran? It actually so, was. Like, like, that's the thing. Is yeah, that most they, of them they, aren't. Um, Daisy Ridley isn't Ray. John Boyega isn't Finn. Yeah, uh, uh, right. Oscar Isaac isn't Poe. Yeah. But Kelly Marie Tran is Rose. Exactly. Yeah. But the Lego character does not look much like Rose at all. No, I mean, it's Lego. They can't really look at that. Yeah. You know what? I actually realised that, I mean, props to the voice actress for Ray. I mean, yeah, you were, I didn't tell. You were very good. But you know what? I realised it's a... 
there was a little bit more. Obviously, she's an English woman, whoever's playing her. Yes. But there was more of a, a like a, a strong British accent on Ray this time, more of a Cockney like. Yeah. Oh, we're going to travel to Cordoku. Exactly. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? <laughs> I hope no, not, that, that I, I hope the voice actors isn't listening to this. No. That, that you did a great job. Yes. That's the thing is that when I like heard Finn, like great, like it was a fun voice actor, but like it's clearly not John Boyega. Similar with Poe Dameron, like you know, it's not Oscar Isaac's doing it. However, like for a bit there, it. It actually gave a pretty good J- Daisy with the impersonation. It took me a bit yeah. to work out that it wasn't her. I thought, uh, in terms of impersonating the person you're, you're trying to do, yeah. the Poe Dameron voice actor did really good. Yeah, exactly. At some times, I'll tell you, there were certain tinges in in uh, the in uh, Finn's voice in this holiday special mm. that actually made me think it was John Favreau voicing him, <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't. No. Um, uh, we also had Tom Kane back as Yoda, which yes, is awesome. Yes, a good job with that. Yeah, because well he's Marvel also because that's another thing. He's also back as the narrator. And essentially, how this, how the holiday special starts is he like opens a book, like Shrek mm. style. Let's tell it. Let's oh, tell a story. Are we gonna get to that? End? Yeah. Oh. oh, we will. But the thing that I was like really hoping for, because look, look, I really enjoyed this special for what it was. But something that I was like maybe looking forward to is yes. hopefully if they at any point took digs on the original, yes. that would have been just like being able to. There were slight things. It never really brought it up to. No, much, it really didn't bring there up the original. Though, like a. Marla and Stink and Lumpy Shop. They did, which was great. I and like they didn't that. have subtitles, so I guess they're maintaining well, that. Yeah, they didn't. They talked. There was a bit where they were like going. It's true. Way. Well, that's your Wookie. That's. I've never heard your Wookie. You've never, what's your Wookie? I'm a deeper one. Well, I, well according to according yeah. to the holiday special, they talk like this. <laughs> it's. <laughs> this is incoherent. Incoherent. So yeah. For the listeners. Headphone home. listeners, I apologise. We apologise for our Wookiee impersonations. However, it was Life Day week, so you have to excuse yes. us. Um, yes. So. Um, what was I saying? Something about Lumpy and... Yes, and oh, oh, that's right. I was talking about the start, the way that it starts. I was hoping for some more, like, digs at the original. Yes. And I was hoping maybe something, like, that would allow that is when Yoda first opens the book, he's just like, uh, you know, time for the holiday special it is. Mm. And then he, he, he opens it up. And what would have happened if he actually, like, saw either... Yeah, yep. Carrie Fisher singing, yep. or like weird Wookies walking around yeah. and stuff like that. It would have been great if he was like, "Oh, sorry, wrong book. We never, we, we don't talk about this book. I mean this one. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, obviously, it would have been executed much better than that. But yeah, we're um, not writers. But I, look, I again, like, yeah, sure, there wouldn't be a cool idea to do like that. However, this was a lot of fun. Like, it's no big next Star Wars thing. However, there are a number of very good laughs I've had. I had a lot of fun throughout. Lots of fun cameos, people showing up, got really zany. And so many Star Wars memes. Okay. So many. We're going to go into Star Wars. Look, we had, we had Who Hello. Who wrote this thing? Yeah, I want to know. We had Hello there that were each time like everyone showed up. And then when they were all doing it at once, which was hilarious. Yep. We had the, do you want to shoot first? Like referencing Ho- Han shot first moment. Uh-huh. We had the McClunky shows up. McClunky in this, shows up. Which look, I want to bring up. Is that that's clearly Greedo? Yep. He shows up at the end. It's absolutely Greedo. However, he's been dead for like forty years. He's been brought back to life, clearly. Yeah, but it's like it's not even like because we saw Greedo when they were time traveling. However, we also just see him in Life Day at the party, and it's just like uh, it's Greedo's son. Who knows? Frito. Look, to be fair, Frito. <laughs> there are a number of of Rodians that actually wear Greedo's outfit in A New Hope in the uh, deleted scene Jabba's hut. Uh, so when he's outside the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Jar- yeah, exactly. We're yeah. outside the Falcon. No, that's true because that's technically. I mean, depending on which version of Star Wars or of A New Hope you like to watch, but yeah. if that deleted scene or like I mean, not really deleted exactly. anymore is there, then you would have just seen Greedo die. But at the same time, he's like standing which, right by the Falcon. I think the implication is because there's well, that's more than just one. I think so. I think the implication being it's just a regular Rodian bounty hunter outfit. Yeah, like they, they, they have those like those beige vests and like yes. mint green trousers at every Ro- solo. at every Rodian thrift. There, there are Rodian thrift stores that sell that exact <laughs> yeah. same uniform. They, they, they sell it in bulk. They made a lot, they made too many orders and they're just trying yeah. to sell them away for cheap. You know cheap. what? That's actually something that I mean. Let's go off topic. I'd love <laughs> to go back to Rodia because the design of Rodia yeah. is awesome. With those dome cities. Yeah. With the, look, an all right episode um, with Bombad Jedi. Uh, uh, but yeah, anyway, like the the plot of this thing actually, is uh, the fact that Rey has found what she calls a, a key to the galaxy's past, and when she uses it, goes to this planet called Kordoku, which we've never seen before, with yes. um, with BB-8. Which, which is another thing. BB-8 loves to go with her everywhere, but she, he's posed droid. Yeah. Or he or she, we haven't... It's, it's never really... Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's interesting, because we've seen Poe kind of sometimes take BB-8 with them when they go on separate adventures sometimes take it I think he had R2 in the uh, final yes R2 one, was his was his, was his droid mate in uh, the Battle of Exegol yeah so it's like because they realised oh crap we haven't put R2 in this movie <laughs> at all <laughs> yeah or any of the movies um, yeah yeah no uh, I understand that so I guess I guess BB-8's become part of the family you know he goes where he wants he's a droid you know exactly um, Dio shows up for a little bit although he's hardly in there as well like there's lots of little cameos so uh, yeah, if you, it's like, that's why we think it's kind of a soft sequel to Return mm. of the, like, Rose Gulp. Is that, it um, continues a little bit of the storyline, brings back some yeah. of the characters, however we get lots of fun new things, lots of fun old things as well. That's true, because Janna's also in this special, but yes. he doesn't speak once. They, yeah, well that's, <laughs> yeah. although, did they like, um, they like hugged and like, with the poem and whatnot, I thought the implication was they weren't, weren't together, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know, because, yeah. I mean, technically, where we left, where we last left, um, them, it seemed as though Lando and and uh, Janna were going to go off together, yeah. and uh, Lando because shows up as well. there were theories that Lando was actually her 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 father, which would have been ridiculous had not Disney also kind of soft confirmed it. Which is just like you can't have two characters not be connected. We're not going to a Rise of Skywalker rant. This is not a Rise of Skywalker rant. No, it's not. <laughs> control, 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 control. You must well control. <laughs> Um, yeah. but anyway let's let's get into some of the places that she actually went well she went back to uh, uh, she went back to uh, episode the 2 was, when they're going to the ele- when they're going the first to the first one was Dagobah that is true then, yes then they were on the elevator up there with that, I love that that was elevator. awesome that was probably my favourite bit you know <laughs> let's not get into like whatever but at that point technically you, you saw Anakin in his like Clone Wars garb when he's got like the, the neck oh, thing right? he, got a um, he wasn't wearing that at oh, that time oh my goodness we're getting very, you know very no, it's, like it's kind of, they, they just like realise she's there um, yeah. no, he's like he's holding off. flowers. Yeah. That, that was kind of funny. Was, see, but we got like, James Arnold Taylor yes. and Matt Lanter back for this little scene, which was fantastic. Yeah, which they were both good. Yeah. Um, we did for because we also saw Qui Gon as well, which I think Qui Gon was played by Tom uh, Kane. Cam Kane yeah. as well. Which like it's not it's not of an impersonation, so it's not as good. But you know, it was it was alright. Yeah, it, it did the small bit. That Liam Neeson's had. come back for um, for Qui Gon in animation a couple times when they when they asked him for the Lego version, he's like, "No, nah, I draw the line." Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's something like this. It's, you know what? It's a bit of a small thing. Yeah. Do, do you reckon they were sort of poking fun at themselves when she ends up, you know, in that little council room and Padawan Obi Wan just like, "Who cares about a trade dispute?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Um, yeah, that was funny. Uh, the negotiations were short. Yeah, so, that's the thing. 
like they would like joke like obvious like Lego jokes where it was like um, I'm trying to think uh, you know Palpatine was had some pretty funny moments oh one of my favorite bits throughout was the uh, Kylo Ren they had his shirt off he's always got his shirt off they did the joke that was just based on that from the uh, Return of the sorry uh, Last, Jedi. Last Jedi however when Hux comes in and is just <laughs> unable to say anything without like staring at his chest and making a Pex joke. Yeah. Oh my we've, goodness. We've got them trapped in the mid-riff. I mean, oh, mid so good. That was fantastic. Hux is Hux is fixated on that man. I mean, he really is. Look, I I, I ship it. I, I'm not concerned. <laughs> well, yeah. that, oh, I'm sure that floated around somewhere. The oh, that's uh, great. the. Uh, yeah, they, they, it's like a love-hate relationship between Hux and, and Kylo yeah. until one of them is killed. Until <laughs> and then the other dies, but that's Hux kinda... is a, a very interesting character. He was pretty unceremoniously killed off in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. He um, is yeah, a bit of a punching bag uh, joke for most of the... Well, it's movie. because in Force Awakens, you know, J.J. tried to set him up as like the new Tarkin. Yeah. And then Ryan Johnson sort of turned him into a bubbling idiot. Yeah. And J.J. realised, yeah, we can't bring this character back from the brink, so let's just kill him. <laughs> once, once he's gone down the... Again, path. sequel trilogy bashing, we apologise. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's get back awesome. to the fact that then she goes to the trench run, which was awesome that to see again. Good. Because the animation for this particular scene, I yeah. realised, was absolutely beautiful. That was a lot of cool. Because like, there's, so, was kind of there's so much stuff that's doing. moving at once. Yeah. And you can just see, like, based on some of the o- older... Lego Star Wars animations that we've gotten, like you know the the Padawan Menace and some mm. of the others that came out quite a while ago now. Yeah. To now, it's you can see that even that the way in which they've made them yeah. is like, developing. It's no awesome. the Lego Movie, like where it's like mimicking like how it would be done in stop motion, which is one of the most beautifully animated movies of all time. Um, but like it's it's going for a more cartoony, bouncy effect. And, exactly. Know, well. And look, just to see it all back is is pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, because. I, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think if this was just like a holiday-based adventure with Ray, Finn, Poe, and them, just like having shenanigans, going to work out their life day party, which just wasn't was all crumbling down or whatever, this would be pretty boring. I think the yeah. fact that they were able to get away with just tapping into everything Star Wars in the uh, in the entire universe made it a lot more fun. It meant that we were able to explore a lot more different things and you know see some of the parts that we really are emotionally attached to be that if you love the original trilogy or if you're like us we love original trilogy and prequel trilogy i mean we like some of the sequel trilogy as well but you know exactly uh yeah and i mean i mean yeah I mean, there was a lot of awesome stuff you know what we did get what we got baby yoda so we did get cool. that's true they they travel past like navarro it was like five seconds or like a minute long but yeah. like you know we got it yeah we did uh and you're right because as soon as the wookies show up towards the end Mm. Um, and I realized that one of them was like gray and stuff. I'm just like, that's Grumpy Grandpa Wookie from the holiday What's special. What's the grandpa's name? I actually don't there's, remember. There's Lumpy War is the younger one. Lumpy Waru, there's, there's Mala. Mala. Let's just call him Grumpy. Was it St- Stinky? No, Stinky's Java's son. <laughs> yeah, Stinky. Rotter <laughs> slash Stinky. Yeah. Um, yes, that's correct. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, we've, <laughs> as you can see, we've planned out this it's, discussion pretty well, but, yeah, um, it's it's just, ingredient, like, that's the thing. This isn't a review. This is just our immediate, like, thoughts of, like, Lots of things we enjoyed watching about this. Um, if you like Star Wars, you like comedy, you like Lego, you like fun uh, Easter eggs and callbacks to memes and yeah. fun things about the trilogy, you'll enjoy it. It's well, like that's 40 thing, minutes that, long, it's not taking too much out at, at one point, they actually, um, uh, you know, Ray sort of takes Moisture Farmer Luke with yeah. her back to like present time. And it's I liked the day. blue milk the entire time. Out of literally like a blue milk carton. That yeah. was the best part. Um, but no, something that I really loved is that because of the fact that he comes with her, mm-hmm. you know, 
you know, their 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 roles are sort of switched in a way. Yes. And I I would never want to insinuate that Ray taught Luke things. <laughs> that would be um, fun. I like that. I'm I'm sure the Star Wars fan base would absolutely go nuts for that <laughs> because of how much they love Ray. Is that? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Like, that, that to to have their roles so drastically reversed. Um, yeah, which is true. Yeah. That's the thing. There are lots of little things like this. I think if you go into it looking for it to be the the replacement for the holiday special, like where they did the original one bad, this is the one that was actually good. It's like, it's not that big. It's just a fun thing they thought they'd just do for fun, one life day. And and for that, like, a 40-minute time, I enjoyed myself thoroughly. I did too. Um, and uh, that's that, guys. I think we're going to put a button on that conversation for but now. Uh, I'm sure we'll come back to it and have references to it amongst other conversations at some point because it is Star Wars. That stuff just happens. It stays in our mind. You know, everything's being referenced here. We thought we'd go into it with it just talking about the Lego things. Yeah. We ended up doing another sequel rant. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I just want to say that I don't actually know his name, so my apologies to the guy, yes. but the guy who actually has done all the voice acting for Darth Vader, uh, yeah. the guy who's done all... He's basically done it in every iteration of Lego Darth Vader we've ever gotten. Mm. Like, he's... Pretty there's, much. there's been a number of Darth Vader's over the years. That's true. Because James one... L. Jones used to do it, and then he stopped for a bit, then he came back a bit. Yeah. Um, they've had another one, a number of them between them. I don't know who yeah. did this. Because I don't know who... Because I remember he... I think he's been doing it since maybe The Empire Strikes Out, and yep. probably some of the you know Telltale series, the Force Tales, um, all that no. stuff. And now... Um, uh, hmm. Yeah, and now this no, one. He, he's great. Most... Yeah, pretty much all of the voice acting was pretty on point. Like, that... Palpatine's one was less like Palpatine, however energetically was like yeah oh no that, so that moment when he, that moment when he travels back in time to the moisture farmer version of luke and he goes my son and oh, yeah. i I, oh, yeah. I mean my these mm. binary sons yeah. <laughs> Lot, that's the thing lots of good comedy moments like that it's yeah very good. uh you can always trust the lego star wars brand to do that oh you know what else let's just i'll, I'll mention yeah, this yeah, and then we'll, we'll move on is you know how in the mandalorian uh intro they have the They've had basically like a red and blue light pass yes. by like the faces of Kylo Ren. I think it's, there's a stormtrooper there. Uh, they give us like a rebel pilot and stuff like that. You, you guys get the gist. Yeah. They did the same thing, but with Lego versions yes. of those people. They Legofied the Mandalorian intro. They did. Which makes me believe that this probably would be the Star Wars Disney Plus like original thing logo going forward. Like, yeah, it, it's sort of like that that yeah. big scrolling MCU intro that exactly. we get behind, in front of every movie. I mean, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if we get this before another Star Wars film in cinemas. But like, I think if we were at some point to receive a Star Wars film or something on yeah. Disney Plus, we'd probably get that as well. So. Yeah, um, I, w I wouldn't be against seeing it in like actually theatrically yeah, released movies. Exactly, it's, it's like a cool, it's a, it's a cool intro. It's so it's like short and it's pretty fun. Yeah, it gives you a good feeling. So yeah, uh, that was the holiday special. Thoughts and impressions, uh, yeah, check it out if you're interested. Yes, sir. You've probably already seen it, though. Yeah. Uh, all right, so anyway, that's that. Let's get into our main discussion for the day, which mm. entangles completely around The Mandalorian. The uh, Mandalorian. I mean, that's no surprise. That's basically going to be the, the, the string of episodes until season two is done. Yes, um, Because we, you know, it's nine, ten. Yeah, we enjoy our weekly week. reviews of it. And frankly, it's it's just lots of styles right now. I'm, it's really good, like... Just being out of that weekly thing, getting excited again. Exactly. We're getting so much interesting depths into the world and the lore. Like, maybe we just have to jump right into it. But let's, no, I, no, I mean, I've let's got get right into it. Say. Chapter 12, The Siege. Um, 
This is, uh, I mean, it's chapter 12, but at the same time, it's also episode four yes. of the second so the season. Fourth one of the second season. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, let's just get into, like, you know, spoilers again. So, I mean, you'll be listening You'll be listening to this if yeah. you've seen it, but yeah, on yeah. the off chance you haven't. In case you haven't, yeah. good episode. Recommend definitely watch it again. Let's definitely watch it for the first time if you haven't seen it. Otherwise, we're going to get into spoilers here. Yeah. So, I'll start out by saying that everything we got in this episode, I completely... I, I, I Before even watching it, I knew that what we got was exactly what we were going to yeah, get. Yeah, you knew... Because I think that right after we mentioned the whole thing about Ahsoka last week, mm. I said to you, you know what, sure. Mandalorian being Mandalorian, I don't think we're going to go see her next week. Exactly. Because we're going to go see... Like, I thought the story was that, um, you know, maybe he doesn't know how to get to Corvus. Mm. He might need to get the help of Grief Karga and Cara Dune. Because we knew it was, it was the Carl Rivers episode. Exactly. Uh, but basically what happened is... He just needed to repair the Razor Crest before exactly. he took off on this huge journey. Yeah, and he had a little fun side adventure. But here's the thing. Yes. When we first saw this, and we thought, okay, he's clearly going to visit Grief Cargo, and we knew this was going to happen. I'm like, okay, so this is a filler episode. That's going to happen. Yes. However, after watching this, this was not a filler episode. Not filler at all. It was a filler in terms of side adventure, in terms of it was a side adventure for his main story. Yeah. But in terms of, like, overall arcing plot... This is one of the most we've seen in the entire show so far. Yeah. This is one that's been building up the Empire. Because this is the thing. The main plot so far has been finding the child's origins, we're finding Mandalorians, we're finding the Jedi. However, that's just one of the main plot things. There's also the whole side plot of, of uh, Moff Gideon and the Empire still being around. And this is the one that's really been building up that threat to a point where it's... it's I really like the state which we the Empire's been shown to be after this. Where it's like this whole like fanatical side group, this like... Warlord, he's got like he's trying to build his own section of the empire, doing experiments in this thing, and I think this is really interesting building up of that. That definitely did not be a filler episode at all. I I came out of that really enjoying it. Me too. Um, not yeah, anything wrong because with you know what, yeah. that you actually get a good sense as to what you're going to get in the episode based on the recap. Yes. Uh, because not yeah, only I've noticed that as well. Because yeah, not only did you get to see uh, the first thing they show you in the recap is the Mithril from the first episode, and it's mm. okay, he's coming back. But also they started to do all the stuff about that doctor who was doing all the scanning of Baby Yoda and yes. stuff way back in in chapter three of the of uh, yeah. of Mandalorian in the you know very early in the first season, and it was oh god, this story is really going to take back off again exactly. and when you get there you realise that this episode is so instrumental to the entire overarching story regardless of the fact that it, while also doing this there is a portion of this episode that's saying uh, sorry no Ahsoka yet well, that's um, the thing is um, yeah you do really get a sense of with the previously on Mandalorian or whatever like yeah. you get the previous episode to see why is he in the position he's in now from the last episode of course but they do show you the key scenes from season one that you need to remember what happened for this particular episode, like it happened in the previous one with um, when he would like they were talking about the the Mandalorian, the uh, the like the armor people. It happened with the, one of the other previous ones with um, I can't remember specifically, but like yeah, they, where they've referenced specific parts which came back, which are important. But this was yeah. by far the most out of them. So yeah, no, I agree. Uh, no, that's also what I love is that they are continuing to build out this world. Mm. They're con continuing to show the natural progression of things. Like you know, he's going back to Navarro, yeah. and because the remnant. Uh, the the Empire remnant that was there in the yep. first season isn't there anymore, or at the very least, at not not in this like little town that they operate yep, exactly. out of. It's so different, yeah. And that of and uh, you know from a contextual standpoint is all because of the work of Grief Cargo and Cara Dune. Yeah, I really and liked it was how we great. To, yeah, we to saw see the back. world of Navarro, or the the area of Navarro, like progress, like and go, and it was cool. Yeah, and like how when the Mandalorian came back, he checked up on them, and like yes, they needed some help with it, and it was cool, and we got to see 
like how they're dealing with the Imperials in this region. And yeah. Although they thought it was empty, but then it was actually more than it was. Although one thing I did, one interesting thing that I realized after this is since we started watching and we got the trailer for the first for the show before we started watching. Yeah. I pointed out how it was very likely that everything we saw in the trailer would be the first couple of episodes. Yes. And everything we've seen, we've seen. Exactly. That's the thing I wanted to say. I'm pretty sure. Everything we've seen in the trailer, we've now seen at this point, which means we have anything could happen. Literally everything that they showed got, us in the trailer yeah, has been shown. We got the opening bit with the Cyclops. We got the bit with um, Tatooine and uh, Boba Fett. We got the bit with um, uh, on the icy planet, uh, with the, which we thought was um, what's it called, uh, uh, Ilum or whatever. Yes. We got the water planet with all the Mon Calamari and all of that, and the mysterious hooded figure. And now we finally got the bits with Navarro, Grief Karga, and all the storm, the stormtroopers and whatnot. So, because of that, we're now, we're like, I think halfway through or whatever, yeah. and anything can happen, because we haven't seen any of it, which is why it's like, how, how bizarre is this going to go? Are we going to just see Ahsoka? Are we going to see some more things? Because they can show us anything, because at this point, unlike the previous things where we've been like, oh, I remember this in the trailers, this is what's happening. We, we have no idea now. Everything yeah. can happen. It's great. I'm very... This, this is so exciting. And it's, this is why it's I love just, it when they do it at the start. They only show early things. It is good. such a testament to... Again, we can't... We, we praise them every week, but how this show is made. John Favreau, Dave Filoni, everyone involved, they handle it so brilliantly because of the way in which they, they not only do the show itself, but market it as well. Mm. You know, the, even down to the fact that they didn't release the trailer until very recently. Yeah, it's because they exactly. wanted to build hype. But in terms of the actual trailer itself, you're completely right, Michael, mm. in that we have absolutely no more footage to go off. Everything sure. that we've already seen, we've seen in these first four episodes. Mm. And that is just... We have, we're have we literally halfway done because we've mm. got four more episodes to go. And I feel like, uh, based on what we've already seen in this episode, the plot is really going to explode from Definitely. here. Definitely. Oh, you can see it going so many directions, be that like going more into the Jedi and the child's origins, and then also going more into the Empire, why they need the child, yeah. the cloning mysterious. What are the odds that... Um, uh, yeah, we're going to tell you the odds quite literally here. We're going to tell you the odds, everyone. Yeah. Uh, what are the odds that uh, next week's episode is uh, Chapter 13, The Jedi? That would be... Uh, look, I think it could be possible. Like, they've clearly built up the hype for Ahsoka, then they did a fake out saying, well, they just, you know, it's not yet, not yet. Yeah. If they did it one more, they'd be like, oh, come on. Like, so yeah. I think it's... It's pretty likely we might be seeing a soaker next uh, it look Because, look, uh, they won't show her before the titles roll, right? No. But, well, if, they, but if they show that thing where they're just like, where the, you see the Mandalorian title, yeah. and then it, you have that quick moment of black, and then mm. it goes, Chapter 13, The Jedi. That'll People will explode. Um, be good. Uh, I will explode if that happens. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, it's it's just pie in the sky. You can just, like, you know, Chapter 13, The Jedi. It so just, sounds, it just yes. sounds right. So we are excited for next episode. But going back to this episode, you were saying creatively... So this was the one done by Carl Weathers. Uh, Beautifully yeah. directed. Such a fun... Look, I think the the um, the uh, pacing of the show, like the like impact of all the fights and the chase scenes, everything, how everything was feeling was a lot of fun in this episode. I did really like that. One thing I noticed, this is probably the most incompetent we've ever seen Stormtroopers. They are so useless they in this suck. episode. They suck. This might be the yeah. worst. They, like, like, you know. like, they were bad in A New Hope and, like... And always. And other ones. But, like, <laughs> like you could kind of explain some of it away as, like, they were letting them escape the Death Star or, like, they were kind of useful in some situations. And in The Mandalorian, they haven't been totally useless. Like, when they were fighting them on the Navarro in the end of Season 1... Hey, they managed to kill yeah, Quill. They like, they, yeah, exactly. They managed to kill Quill, but they were, like, being led by Moff Gideon, so it was like, kind of different. But yeah. then here, they were just 
bizarre. They were so bad. Like, last episode, they were not great. But this one, they were being shot down left, right, and center. And they weren't even fighting Mandalorians this time. Like, they fight one Mandalorian, but also... I, I mean, I guess Cara Dune's pretty strong. But, like, the the fish guy was also shooting them up. This <laughs> random accountant is better at combat than trained soldiers. Yeah, no, well, I mean, that's... Not only has uh, have they sort of established that in the last episode of uh, the first season, is not only is there a problem with their guns in terms of manufacturing errors, but also those helmets just completely destroy their vision. I, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's it's never been officially yeah. confirmed, but John Boyega used to say that a lot and was like, yeah, that's why they could never shoot straight because they can't see out of those helmets. Even even Australia or even um, even Rex in Rebels yeah. said it's these dumb helmets. I can't see. I, I don't. Know, I feel like it's interesting that they're trying to feel the need to like explain away the reasons why they're inaccurate and sometimes. You just be like, well, it's just plot reasons. Like, they're not going to shoot the main characters because they don't want them to die. However, they want to have action scenes, so clearly the stormtroopers are going to the ones going to be loose. But yeah, sometimes you can be it's like kind of lazy writing. Sometimes it's just you know, like I think it works best when it's with the Mandalorian because it makes him seem like such a powerful warrior with his best guy armor, just like run. Uh, what's it called? Rubbing off like gun, like shot wounds everywhere. Like the guns just barely make uh, do anything on his armor. Yeah. But when they're just like when they don't have that reason of best guy to use it. They just make them like miss everything. It's kind of like you know. Makes you know what? Fun. That's true because even with last week's episode, they obviously couldn't hit. That Mandalorian yeah. says they couldn't hit the side of a bantha, and he's absolutely right. But at the same time, um, they could only hit him yeah. when it's safe. Yeah, like, exactly. Like they, they were always hitting his best guy. Like they couldn't hit him at all, but only when he is actually trying to be hit. Yeah. Can they hit him? Exactly. Which makes perfect sense for stormtroopers. Um, but anyway, you mentioned. Carl Weathers' direction. Yes. Let's talk. I just wanted to, to bring up some brief moments where I thought he was at his best. Definitely. This, there's this moment where they're going through this Imperial installation and he has this moment where essentially he stumbles into this like this cloning facility, which we'll talk mm, about in a little bit good. more depth in just a moment. But this is supposed to evoke like a really uh, like like scary yeah, and like, like shock factors. Like, like, like a shock were, factor. They weren't expecting, like, well, neither, because the audience was not expecting, but neither were yeah. the characters. This, like, appears out of nowhere. Like, they were expecting it to be a mostly abandoned military base, not a mysterious laboratory. And so they definitely got that feel. Exactly. The, f- the way in which he uses the camera to close up on these, like, test pods. That the, 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 didn't the, really the, see what was in them. The rest of the actors' faces, the way the, there's, there's, like, a really cold, dark undercut to the, hot, to, the, mm-hmm. to, the to the score. Yeah. I just thought it was beautifully assembled. Um, so that's why Carl Weathers... Really is I'm not sure that I'm sure he actually has directed a film before, mm. but if he hasn't, uh, and this is his, and, and this is his directorial debut, he's really good. Yeah, so I also I loved the chase scene where they were inside the uh, the hover craft fighting the, the Tie Fighters. That was really cool. Yes, and then when the uh, race crash shows up, that was good. Very good. You know, this is and that was the other point that I was going. That was the other uh, example that I was going to bring up. That moment where the Razor Crest basically. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing we perf- we have now a completely restored Razor Crest. It's back in its um you yeah. know all it's back baby back in its high flying beauty. It's all assembled. Um, with a consequence, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm. Uh, but that moment where he like just torpedoes through the sky and yeah. takes those Tie Fighters out so quickly, I don't know. It was the it was the way in which both the Razor Crest and the camera was moving. There was an element to that little like you know set piece that, in comparison to other like dog fights in Star Wars, we've never seen before. Just the way in which yeah, it, was it was executed like a, was, was so beautiful. I loved it. Could feel the power of just. I know. I felt like I was watching Top Gun. You can just you get you got such a good sense of speed and stuff that I would just. I mean, please bring Carl Weathers back as a director. He did so good. good. 
Um, I mean, bring back all the directors. Like, yeah. All the directors have done such a good job, and I've, I've been really yeah. enjoying that. Uh, in terms of, the like we were talking place. about, bringing out, uh, building out the world, yeah. uh, I love this idea that, like, you know, these small towns of, uh, of these, like, you know, different outer rim planets have... Uh, you know, what are colloquially known as the Marshals, because obviously mm-hmm. we have Cobb Vanth on Tatooine, yeah. and Cara Dune, who has become yeah. the Marshal of Navarro. They have and local law, that's the thing. It's like, exactly. Because they've been used to having, like, imperial law or whatnot yeah. all these times. So now that that's, like, been destabilized, and there's, like, these power vacuums and stuff, yeah. like, she also sort of just makes... Come out. Yeah, and that's... Uh, it's a small, fun detail about this episode, is that Cara Dune sort of makes friends with a ferret or like a yeah, cat was, sort of like ferret funny little thing, thing which is kind of weird oh you all also been happy about the fact that in that first little scene we get like a a entire group oh, of, uh, of, of a qualish that was so much fun a bunch of ponder that's, that's the thing like i love it like i mean maybe they were related maybe they were just a gang but it's, it's just so much fun like you get to see yeah. like this group there and they're all like arguing with each other but like they're all working together that was, that was a lot of fun like fun little criminal group um one thing i did want to mention is similarly to like the previous episode we've had is we're continuing to see a lot of, like, rebel original, like, imperial-based things throughout the show. Like, we saw the Gazanti last week. We've seen, like, the tank that this week that was, like, from the original rebels thing. I mean, it's probably because Dave Filoni worked on it, but it's, like, it's really interesting seeing these parts because they weren't in the original trilogy. Like, we saw the ATSD, but, like, these things that weren't from the original trilogy, but that we're, like, continuing to see more of. And then right at the end, we saw an Arkitan's cruiser. I know. I love that, that thing. Because, I mean, that's... Which is it the was... first live-action appearance of it. Exactly. Because so it was like featured it. in Rebels. It's the one that sort of has a, a, a front similar to the Falcon, actually. Yes. It's got, like, two dorsal fins, yes, almost. Yes, which is for, like, docking. And then yes. it's got, like, the back bit with the three engines at the back. I it's love a it's very cool-looking cool cruiser. It's a great Big one. A uh, big fan of that one. And it's uh, from Rebels. And we got to see that as well, which is... Interesting, because it's kind of a mid-tier, like, cruising, like, more for firepower than, like, regular use. Um, and so it's interesting that that is the one that uh, Moff Gideon was using. However, it does lean into the fact that, like, he's kind of on a budget here, like... Exactly, like, he's, like not fly- a- he's not flying a starter story. Yeah, he doesn't have an ISD with him, so it makes more sense, because they're, they're, they are very much limited in their resources, because they are not the Empire anymore, they are just remnants of it. Yes. Also, we should mention the fact that when we were breaking down certain parts of this uh, episode that we got in the trailer, there's that moment where, like, the doors open and they step through with Mando's got his, like, gun mm. uh, straightforward. I think at one point we mentioned the fact that Mando says, wherever I go, he goes. The fact that when we saw this little yes. shot, the baby, the, uh, you know, the child wasn't with them. We yeah. hypothesized that he had been taken and they're trying to, like, launch an incursion to go rescue him. Mm. Uh, the child is not in trouble. In fact, he decided to go to school which this week. Hilarious. Which was so funny because he they, they steals literally, the macarons. They literally have macarons in Star Wars he now. Steals the macarons. Oh, that was great. But Although, I, one thing I do want to mention when they when when they mentioned that they were looking for the the asset again, the child um, that he wanted more of his blood, and Mando's yes. like Mando's like, oh, I'm uh, I'm just gonna go uh, leave. Um, to I'm gonna go head out, get that child immediately. I was so stressed. I'm like, they have stolen Baby Yoda. We're not gonna see, like they're, they're gonna have to delay Ahsoka because the Baby Yoda's been taken by Moff Gideon. That's where it's gonna go. I was so scared for Baby Yoda at that point. I really have a strong suspicion that in the later episodes of this season, we are gonna see him get taken. Oh, I and can't people, handle that. And people are going to not be okay with it. It's but I really think that for the stakes to really get heightened in this episode, 
uh, in the in this yeah. season. I mean, the stakes are already pretty high, but something that's just like, oh, that'll hit you where you live. I was already so stressed when one on he was on Tatooine and the alien took him and the knife to his throat. That was so stressful. And two, when they when he kicked him inside the uh, giant fish thing on the with the quarrens, like they keep putting baby and and with the uh, the spiders as well. They keep putting baby odor in danger, and my little heart can't because, handle because it because they know how much that will just rip someone's I know. head out. They know. I saw reactions to last week's episode. Yeah. Right, you should have heard the screams yeah. that came out of the more famous YouTuber reaction people yeah. when that happened. Yeah. They were beside themselves. You can't, I can't handle it. He's too cute. I love him eating things. He's so carnivorous. He just wants to eat everything, and it's adorable. And frankly, I don't, I don't want anything to happen to I know, him. Because this is the, you know what? I've seen such an uproar on YouTube and just like social media in like the last two weeks about the whole thing about him eating the eggs. Yeah, like, oh, this, this isn't right because he's. He's he's committing genocide. I'm just like, okay. you realize yeah, like, that those eggs weren't fertilized yes. yet, right? I understand. Like, uh, like to be fair, uh, to be devil's advocate a bit, there is some like argument to be made that it could be kind of insensitive in the idea that like she was like kind of like very desperate in the sense of like this is my lineage. So it was kind of played for comedy in the sense where it was she was clearly very desperate to continue her lineage. So I can yes. understand that. However, uh, so so in the sense where it's like. If if you if you're kind of saying it's a bit insensitive to people who might have like fertility issues and like to the idea that it's just kind of com- comedic that they can't have offspring like that I can understand as insensitive. I do understand where they're yeah. coming from. However, regard, yeah. you stretch it to the point of one headline which I read, which was hilarious, which is a Star Wars fans upset after Baby Yoda commits genocide broke me. I what, I, I mean what the hell so does that funny. mean? What the hell does that mean? I, it's just like taking the idea of like that they were angry and just. Full extreme of it. Like, it's ridiculous. I, I understand. I Personally, I think it's hilarious, the idea of... It's clearly not framed as a good thing. It is framed comedically, but it's clearly framed as a baby Yoda you're not... Yeah, I mean, Mando's always telling him not to do it. Yeah. You know, it's really... The only time that it's really played for, like, nothing but a joke yeah. is the very last thing That's that happens in that time, episode yeah. where he, like, gulps it and no one realises he actually had it. Plus, yeah, and he does befriend them at the end, like, where he's, like, he's friendly with the baby, which was good. And... The mo- one of the most wholesome moments in Star Wars is when the the lady uh, frog lady sees her husband and oh just, that like, was so that, that might have been one of my favorite was, moments of life like adorable. amongst everything Ahsoka name drop Bo Katan yeah. but something that I really remember is that moment where they just embrace was, one another that was great I really need so, those yeah. two people as vintage collection figures <laughs> I want female and male frog people yeah, on my on, on my shelf as part of my collection they were great so I um, did I did really like that but I think it's interesting that that like while it was being played for last. We get to see more of, of like Baby Yoda being a bit cheeky or sometimes a bit evil, yeah. like in terms of well, yeah, I mean, let's he talk- steals the macarons. He just yeah. forces them away from the kid. Let's let's talk more he, about the he fact stole that stole all of them. He didn't steal one. He stole the whole packet. He's a baby. He's a fifty-year-old child. Exactly. That's what he's gonna do. But let's talk <laughs> about that. Sc- let's talk about that school for a minute. And because then you mentioned the fact he's a fifty-year-old child, and my mind just goes immediately like a fifty-year-old yeah. pretending to be a child. Like that's not. I funny. love. To see this stuff because we've never seen the concept of school in Star Wars before. Yeah, being taught by a protocol droid. Exactly. They're, I mean, that makes complete sense. They yeah. would be taught by a protocol Definitely. droid. And I mean, this is going to happen when you have people like Dave Filoni and John Favreau in charge. Mm-hmm. But if you had the subtitles on in this episode, you would have realized you would have like you know been treated to everything that protocol droid was saying. And she's teaching them basically about what yeah, the state of their government government is. And they said, yes, the old Republic was on a planet called Coruscant. The new Republic, which is what is you know the the, the, the mm. case right now, is located on a planet called Chandrilla. Yeah. And that is... Oh, Chandrilla, that's... Uh, Mon Mothma's homeworld. Also, where... They rotate it around. Um, yes, Chandrilla, which is... I mean, that's the thing. New Republic changed where they were every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, yes, Mon Mothma's homeworld, which makes sense because she was the Chancellor of the New Republic when it when it first started. Yeah. And it is where Han and Leia retired to, and where Ben Solo originally grew up. Interesting. Which is interesting. Uh, so I like the fact that we got that little name drop. That was yes. awesome. So this is five years after Return of the Jedi. Yes. I wonder if at this point the Battle of Coruscant has happened. Because that was like the big... Or, or even the Battle of Jakku. Because the Battle of Jakku was the big one where the Empire kind of just gave up. The like, one from Battlefront 2. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Or... The one where, yeah, Mas- where, the one where Masa Mater finally surrendered and signed yes. the treaty that, that said That was yes. the big thing that the Empire like functionally died. Because like, yes, the Emperor cra- uh, died after, after the uh, Death Star 2 blew up. But like he oper- he enacted an operation something. Operation Cinder Cinder yeah where like he's kind of destroying the empire nerds from the outside. yeah well <laughs> we're going full nerd here um but it's interesting that Moff Gideon is still operating to the extent he is it's like has he, is he going against the imperial orders of retreat is he one of the warlords who's just holding out exactly because you know what the of the empire the, it's 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 because they're, they're very all very loyal to him that's the thing we've been seeing is they're not yes. like loyal to the empire they're loyal to Moff Gideon so. yes exactly because it doesn't like any dialogue he has. Like, Moff Gideon is not clearly... He, he, he clearly doesn't answer to anyone. No. Everyone answers to him. Because he's the only left, it seems like. Exactly. And you know what? It's an interesting thing that was bre- brought up very briefly uh, at the late season one, mm. which is when Cara Dune was under the impression that he was dead as he was executed for war crimes. Yeah. So what were those war crimes? Were he tr- was he trying to the implication... keep the Empire alive when they had already conceded that it was dead, and that's why he was yeah. put to death but didn't die, so now he's just trying to rebuild it? I think the implication was that he was war crimes related to the siege of... so the, the Purge of Mandalore. Oh, yes, that's, that's true. I think that's what it was. Um, Maybe. You know, uh, so I wonder if Werner Herzog's character, was he... Loyal to, was he loyal to Moff Gideon? Because he wanted the yeah, research. Yeah, because he, he has that hologram transmission message with him one time when he's yeah. just like, I have to take this call. Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Like, yeah, like every Empire part we've seen so far has been for this Moff Gideon thing. So it's, I really like this idea of building his own like Imperial Remnant. Like he's this warlord that everyone's loyal to. And he's pretty cool so far. Like, we've, it's certainly fascinating. Yeah, so I that was really cool to see more of that. And that's... That is actually making me probably most excited for one of this part of it. Like, of course, when we were going into it, I was most excited to see Mandalorian and then the Jedi with Ahsoka showing up. Great, obviously. I'm so excited for that. However, I'm now also really excited to see where they're going with this Imperial side of it as well. Because we hadn't seen Moff Gideon since the end of last last season. No, other, other than the like whole, stuff, Other than yeah. the hologram last week. Because that's another thing, is that they actually reveal, and it's sort of like, you know, the sensible implication, but it's mm. actually, we, have, we actually got to see it properly this week, yep. is they all thought he was dead. Exactly. They all thought that that TIE fighter crash killed him. Um, it's interesting that, you know, actually speaking in terms of the universe itself, yep. that after Grief Kaga and Cara Dune sort of just headed off at the end of season one, mm-hmm. they didn't go check to see if he was actually dead. Who knows? Like that TIE yeah. fighter was never recovered with a giant hole in it <laughs> that showed that he that he had actually escaped. <laughs> yeah, he cuts his way out of it, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah that, um, I mean, that's just a whole nitpick thing. You know, that doesn't actually matter. It's not too important. Yeah, I, but I did love how, especially from last week, how we got to see... Like how like fanatical like the uh, the leader character was to um, that like he was willing to die for the empire. However, it wasn't just to the empire. Like it's clearly he's like for Moff Gideon's thing. So I really like this idea that it's like a fanatical like like cult like kind of part of the yeah. Empire. Like, Long live the empire. Yeah, they, they, they even like, have like a cultish exactly, saying. Like they're loyal to Moff Gideon the empire. Like I I really like that idea of it because. Previously, with the Empire, it's just kind of been like, oh, it's just kind of like a bureaucracy. Like, this is our government. We yeah. do what we do. It's just, yeah. you know, it's just the way it is. So that's really interesting. So I'm, I'm definitely, after this episode, thinking, going into it, thinking it was filler, coming out of it, like progressing the story, one of the most of any episode. Hope, totally excited to see where this is going. Yes. Uh, so anyway, start to sort of like wind 
down the conversation now, but I do want to say, let's talk about this whole scene that we briefly talked about in terms of Carl Weathers' direction yes. with this whole cloning thing, okay? So, of course. what is basically implied is that they go into this, like, this, this sort of laboratory area mm. and they essentially... Like, they come across all these essentially failed test subjects, yeah. and you get to see the doctor from chapters two and three yeah. that was working with Werner Herzog, mm. and he's essentially saying that they are trying to use the child's DNA to create these subjects, right? Mm. And it's implied that they are trying to create force-sensitive beings yeah. because he mentions mm. that this is the only child, this is the only being with a, um, with a proper M count. Metachlorians are back, Metachlorians are back from the prequels. I know. I, I legit noticed this. Well, that's, oh, that was hilarious when that happened. It's like, yeah. Because they, they can't go out and they can't no. flat out say midichlorian, the word, because they'd lose so many people. Yes. So they have to sneak it in yeah. with the word M count. To be fair, I like the way that the midichlorians are used in this sense, where they're clearly a part of the canon. You can't ignore them. But I yeah. like the way it works. It's like, it's force potential. It's like... If you've got a high midichlorian count, the force is just naturally inclined to honing in on you. Like, be that Anakin, the chosen one, I would assume Rey as well, she's a dyad in the force. These types of things where it's like, just exceptions in there. However, you don't need the midichlorians. They're not the cap of your force power. They're the potential to see your insane growth. However, the force is in everyone, as explained through Obi-Wan. So I like that. However, that being said, it's been shown that Yoda's species is insanely powerful in the Force, as Obi-Wan, men uh, as Obi-Wan mentions, this midichlorian counts higher than even that of Yoda's. Like, clearly Yoda's been shown to be one of the most midichlorian powerful people, and so I do really like this idea that Yoda's species and baby Yoda has this high midichlorian count, and that's why they want him, because his Force powers are limited, but like his Force potential, and thus his blood, and thus will find, will, 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 uh, will infer as to what they need the blood for, um, but that's why they're wanting it. I really like that idea. That, it's, that makes more sense than like them cloning Baby Yoda or whatever they whatever we guessed was happening when we in the first season. Exactly. Yeah. And then you know what? I I was completely enraptured by that little spiel of yours. That was just great. then, Michael. I was like, I want to just listen because you're absolutely right. I love the way that they are sort of implying the use of Medichlorians in this point is because they are respecting what was said about them in the prequels mm. that they are microscopic life forms or whatever. Mm. But at the same time, you can sort of infer from the way in which it's you know, spoken in this episode, that yes, everyone has the force. It moves through and surrounds every living thing, like Yoda, Obi-Wan, Musk, Kanata, like they've all said. All right? like, Except Luke at the last year, like, where he cuts himself off. That's true. Uh, but at the same time, the Medichlorians is just a matter of saying, yes, you will be drawn more to the force if you have this sort of yeah. thing. But it doesn't really dictate it, you know? Like, you know, you just have a, a higher yeah. chance. But you don't anyone need can be the Medichlorians to you. be force-sensitive. However, the exactly. Medichlorians make up... Uh, uh, our inherent power of force. Exactly. I mean, like, it's the it's like, you know, my DNA would differ from yours, Michael, because I have blue eyes and you don't. Yes. But it doesn't make us any different. No. It's just a certain thing that's different about us yeah. genetically. Which is, I like the way that if they were to sort of, you know, it use... It brings back interesting ideas that were in the Phantom Menace without kind of keeping the kind of deconstruction of the whole idea of the force that we didn't like in Phantom Menace. Which, which continues Precisely. the idea of The Last Jedi, which is this idea of anyone can have the force. It's like, you don't need to be from... I'm, I, I'm going to stop myself there because yeah. I can see where I'm going and I'm just going to stay away from a last... Uh, Sequel bashing. From, 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 a, from a Rise of Skywalker run. So, what we should get into... <laughs> you know what? I'd be very curious as to, as to what Ray's Metachlorine count is. Uh, <laughs> just, well, she's just, from a Palpatine, so... Just the infinity sign. Yeah. Um, so, no. anyway, you you mentioned Palpatine. That's all right. Thing. Let's Let's talk about this for a minute, okay? Do we... 
suspect that they are clo- that they want the Baby Yoda blood for cloning um, to clone Palpatine. Clone. So this is the prelude to how he comes back. Like, is this is this the explanation they're giving? Now, I there this that that let, I've got two theories. Okay, mm. the first theory is yes, that is what's happening. Mm. And if that is what's happening, I'm glad that they're giving a backstory to it, but at the same time, you're going to piss off a lot of people that they're even implying that, because a lot of yeah. people hate that he came back, yeah. myself included. But here's another thing, all right? In that very last shot that you get of the of the episode itself, when this Imperial officer comes in the Moff Gideon and says, yes, with the tractor beam is on the Razor Crest, mm. let's go. So they're probably going to go to uh, Corvus with him. Yeah. While the camera sort of pans yeah, out, across of- the, the wall, there are like... TIE fighter pilot outfits yeah. there's like imperial garb and stuff so what I'm thinking maybe they're trying to do is they're trying to create force sensitive awesome. beings to essentially create be weapons. there to create to create living weapons yeah, to create could, to essentially create stormtroopers who are sensitive yeah. in the force I could see that when I was first looking at that I kind of thought they looked more like uh, like death troopers like the his yes. death trooper army so it could be like that I mean this is wild 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 thing could also be really cool if they were dark troopers from Legends, which were basically like a more, well, they were kind of more robots, but they were like advanced uh, uh, stormtrooper things. But that's pretty unlikely. Just it reminded me of a scene from the original uh, Dark, uh, the original Jedi game. But that's right. That's besides the point. However, talking on the uh, the Palpatine thing, I think it the way that they were building it up, it's very possible. Entirely possible that's what's happening. It's like they're building up. They want to. They're creating a backstory for what we saw in Rise of Skywalker. It makes perfect, like, because especially because this was filmed and worked on before backlash to Rise of Skywalker would have happened. Yes. So you know. Correct. Um, or at least around the same time. Um, and so at that point, it's like it could easily be the case where this is what's being filmed and shown. In which case, if they do it well, it's not the worst. I'm, again, not the biggest fan of the fact that he was brought back at all. However, it'd be interesting to see where they go in terms of like the cloning and everything like that. However, that doesn't feel like what they would do in the in the Mandalorian. No. Like, they've been very deliberate in terms of separating the Mandalorian from the greater Star Wars um, epic. <coughs> um, but in terms of, like, yes, they're bringing, they're bringing the Jedi in with Ahsoka and whatnot, and a little bit with like the Empire and the New Republic. But aside from those small things, this is pretty much a mostly self-contained story in and of itself. And because of that, I just can't see Dave Filoni and um, John Favreau bringing in the re- this being the reason or the way that we see Palpatine come back and like so s- severely connecting it to the Skywalker saga. I just I just don't yeah. see them doing that. So I personally agree more with your theory, be it exactly your theory in terms of creating false sensitive weapons or some other re- reason. I just don't see that. Even though it makes sense and, and the way they've shown it, it could easily be that. And they could even use that as an excuse later down the line, even if we don't see it on screen. Yeah. I just don't see them doing that as the big bad or the big plot that the bad guys are doing in this season of The Mandalorian or later seasons. The originality of The Mandalorian is what I love about it. The fact yeah, exactly. that they're doing these things that haven't been done in Star Wars before is the best part about what they do. For sure. So I would love if the second theory is what we're getting, and it seems as though in the way in which things have been implied, that that is what's going to happen. And going back to your original point where you thought that once he went back for the child, Mm. the child was going to be gone, I sort of had that sort of feeling too. It was like, oh crap, Moff Gideon might have already gotten him. Just sliced him up and spilled his blood. Oh my god, Michael. (laughs) Sorry. You're going to give every listener a heart attack. (laughs) Well, it's it's the... uh, What am I referencing? Um... So the Pirates of the Caribbeans, it's like, instead of, it, like, they didn't want to get enough blood to kill him last time, so this time it was like, we, we spill him all! We spill it all! This time. 
just in case. Oh, that's dark. We love him, baby Yoda. Please, please don't kill him, John Favreau. We, uh, that will be cut out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. It's fine. <laughs> You're going to cut me out. You're censoring me. Yeah, so anyway, um, that's sort of the episode, guys. I mean, there's a lot to talk about in terms of, you know, actual technical mm. stuff. Yeah, great episode. Look, thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, all of them have been so good so far. In terms of, like, my enjoyment of each of them, I'd say I really love the first one. It was consistent, so, like, just a complete romp the whole time. Second one was a bit slower, slower paced. Um, not as good as them in terms of, like, the other one's third pace. Third one was a lot of excitement throughout. This one was just consistent fun again. And I just, it just feels, it's, like, so separate from the original trilogy, from the ori- original, yeah, from the rest of the series. However, it feels so Star Wars in how it's executed with the stormtroopers and everything. I, it's a lot of fun. Really enjoying this series. I mean... How Me much too. Can I say? Uh, it, it's it's just a lot of this, the everything that they're doing in terms of not only how they're making the show, but also how they're how they're going about spacing out what we need to see mm. is just so flawlessly executed. Like I like it. It seems as though because we've always been positive about this show, it sounds like it's very easy to sound like we're just being fanboys, and that goes yeah, for a lot of people. Definitely. But this show is legitimately so good. Yeah. Like there's only like really one thing that I really wanted to critique about this episode is that. I can understand that they're trying to, you know, sort of yeah. give some of these characters a little bit more backstory. Yeah. For instance, Cara exactly. Dune. Because yeah, she is from sure. Alderaan, right? We have yeah, that. I, I did like that bit, which is there. We have that moment where the X-Wing pilot from, uh, you know, two episodes ago sort of comes back and has that moment when he talks to Grief Karga. And then he mm. goes out to, um, to Cara Dune. And this is their moment to sort of try and give her a little bit more backstory, give her a little bit more motivation as to why she became so isolated particularly in the first season mm. and it's because she lost everyone when it exploded exactly all right um but the fact that it was sort of just said yeah you know like uh, you'll understand what i mean is that like i understand that that i mean it's good backstory there's nothing wrong with that particular yeah. backstory the backstory itself but it was kind of is, implied before we, yeah exactly we, we i mean we knew it like she's from alderaan she's clearly not dead which means yeah. at some point she was not on all she was not on alderaan when it died however much family she would have lost like yeah it was implied because exactly, it's but, like Oh, they're just like they're just like safe. So she lost everyone. Great, but I mean, sorry, not great. You know, dead, no, great. dead people. <laughs> but you know, like you know, it's good backstory. But not only did it feel like it was sort of just put there, but mm. it, oh, it that that feeling is all the more implied because the entire episode is basically completely wrapped up. Yeah, and then you point. have that moment. Like it's almost like it's it was because hey, we meant to sort of give her a little bit more backstory throughout the episode and explore yeah. that a little bit more, but we forgot to. So we're gonna have this moment before the episode wraps up where the X Wing pilot asks her yeah. and then immediately leaves. You know, like that sort of thing yeah. for me isn't really how you do backstory, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like something like Cassian Andor in Rogue One, exactly. right? When he has that moment when he's like, "I've been in this fight since I was six years old. You're not only yeah. you're not the only one who lost everything." There's not a lot of specificity in that, but what he's saying is made all the more impactful based on what he, we've already seen him do. Exactly. Execute that person in the, in the, at the very start to yeah, show it's, that it's there is some the grey area to show what he's yeah. doing. And what happens in the end when he's saying, despite all yeah, of that, despite all his, despite all his lost, he couldn't sort of just give up now because he couldn't forgive himself for all the stuff he's had to do, quote unquote, for the rebellion, as mm. he said. And then he ends up giving his life for something that he believes in. You yeah. know, that's why his backstory, in terms of yes, I lost everyone I loved, mm. works so well. You know, yeah, for sure. And look, I, we probably will see Cara Dune again, so I'm sure this arc will be continued. But I definitely agree at that point. It did kind of feel like added on as an arc. Kind of tacked on. Yeah. But again, that's all I have to say in terms yeah. of negatives. It's, it's this idea that we, you've seen our Rise of Skywalker movie. We can be negative, so... But, uh, yeah. who knows. Although, one thing I just want to say with that, when that X-Wing pilot just shows up at the end, he looks so goofy in his full bright orange uh, X-Wing uniform. Like, 
it looks great in terms of like when they're pilots in the cockpits and, and a new hope it's great but in terms of the more gritty realistic kind of like gunslinger scum villainy vibe the mandalorian goes for looks so goofy up there with the again rest of i them. need a buddy comedy show so with these funny. two x-wing pilots yeah, great. because that's another thing there were two x-wings there so Dave Filoni's somewhere. Like he was out. He probably didn't want to be. He's like, stop putting me in the film. He was out in the market getting some Jogan fruit he was, or something. He was buying some um, Mayluron fruits. Exactly. Exactly. See, I need these like behind the scenes yeah. things. I just want to know, like you know, these extras yeah. or like post credits. That scenes. would be the thing. What would be was in Lego what was Trapper Wolf doing while this was going on? Yeah, that'd it's, be so funny. It's, it's very good. Um, but the other thing, you know, considering this was a Carl Weathers directed episode, and when we get to see them again. We didn't really see too much of Grief Cargo. Like he was in it, and he had like some fun like bits with the with the blue fish guy accountant. However, in terms of like where the character was done, he was just kind of there. Like it, it wasn't as much of a focus on him or Cara Dune as much. It was more more on like a, actually the Imperials or even like Mandalorian to an extent. Like yeah. so, you know, it was interesting. He didn't take the focus, even though he could have easily. I feel like yeah. Uh, no, you're right. It's true. Uh, so guys, that's that episode. Uh, four of season two, chapter twelve, the mm. siege. Uh, we really Very liked excited it, and we are so excited for next week because I I really have a strong suspicion that tomorrow, <laughs> that next week is when we're going to get a Ahsoka. Thing, so, last week we called, we wouldn't see Mandal- uh, uh, Ahsoka last week because we're like, well, we're pretty sure it's, it's going to be the Grief Cargo episode, so we're unlikely. At this point, we're calling it next week. We're going to see Ahsoka. It's happening. It's happening, guys. Get hyped. I will not be able to contain myself when she shows up. I will scream, Michael. It, just like we called when the Mandalorian trailer would be released, we're calling this now. Yeah. <laughs> if I see Chapter 13, the Jedi pop up on my screen, or, oh. chapter, or chapter 13, the the Wizard, or the, chapter, the thir- chapter 13, the Hermit, or something, I'll be like, yeah. yes, bring it on! It's happening, boys. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's that, guys. That brings an end to our discussion. That brings yeah. an end to the episode itself. I hope you guys have really enjoyed listening. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this discussion. I know I did. We had some interesting thoughts and discussion to uh, to give to you guys. The time codes for both of these discussions mm-hmm. will be available in the description of this podcast episode, and we are available on all nine platforms that you can find us on. We've been going for a while now, so yeah. if you're listening, I'm sure you know where to find us. Yeah, Social. Thanks for checking us out. We, yes. we have a lot of fun doing this every week, and it, it, it's really great knowing that you guys are listening out there. So. Uh, Social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're there. Uh, find us there for updates and yes. everything related to... Tweet at me. Uh, I mean, to, uh, to uh, the us odds. and I'll respond. Yes. <laughs> and that's another thing. Uh, be sure to stay tuned this yes. Wednesday. This Wednesday, in honour of Life Day, we are having a, a week late. holiday special watch party essentially doing yes. the reaction to the entire episode. We are going to, in a sort of way, torture ourselves, oh. but it's going to be fun because that epi- because Oh, God. We're going to endure it. <laughs> Have you seen the holiday special from beginning to end? Oh, no. I don't think I've seen it start to finish. I've seen clips. I've seen a lot of it. I have not seen it start I to have finish not, once I've never seen it beginning to end. We're going to have to do it together then. <laughs> yes, we are. And uh, not to, to, to ruin the magic, but... Uh, we're actually going to do it right after we finish recording this. <laughs> yes, we were recording it beforehand. So, uh, wish us luck because that is going to uh, be a whole whole lot of things. Yeah, exactly. By the time we review next week's episode of The Mandalorian, some of our brain cells may be gone. But <laughs> yeah, uh, our reviews will go further downhill from here. Or will they go uphill in which we think everything is god tier after having watched the holiday special? There you go. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Again, tune in next week and throughout the week for that little piece of... Uh, gold (laughs) and uh, that's that guys thank you so much for watching and listening this has been Telling the Odds